Today's episode of Who Kicked the Corner Flag is brought to you by Counter-Attack, the exciting new football board game. With the festive holidays right around the corner, what better gift to give to your soccer friends than this unique and creative game? Put your managerial skills to the test as you oversee your assigned players, each with their own unique abilities. Each person picks their favourite formation, and with each phase of play, opponents have to choose whether to attack down the wings, bolster the back line, or play on the counter. A perfect way to test your football strategy against friends, family, and some rival fans. For more information on the game and to pre-order a copy for early December delivery, visit counterattackgame.com, that's counterattackgame.com, and use promo code KICKFLAG, that's KICKFLAG, all one word, to get 15% off your first order. This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. And here's your host, James Rose. Hello and happy December. You're listening to episode 11 of our third season and the band is back together to quiz out the latest EPL happenings. Once again, I'm here with the leader of the KC Spurs supporter group, the man whose Pokemon collection is as vulnerable as a North London defense and who has suspended the book club therapy sessions for the time being. It's Jerry Rastamente. How are you, bud? I'm I'm well. I'm cautiously optimistic. I think we need to cool it with the uh, with the old trophy talk. But uh, you know what? Uh, you're right. We did not have not needed a a, a therapy session yet. So I was uh, say yeah. Put those books down. We uh, see see what happens here. Uh, and we're pleased to welcome the return of the Casey Gunas chairman, the man who ran into Arsene Wenger during his South African adventures and asked if he'd consider returning to the Emirates. Madness. It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? That is a falsity. That is <laughs> that is an untrue statement. Which part? <laughs> I, all of it. I, we're all just living a lie. Uh, but you were in South Africa, though, right? Jumping off bridges, if I'm uh, if I'm right in saying that. I was indeed, and you know, I jumped off that bridge without even realizing what the future state of Arsenal would be. So, in <laughs> retrospect, just really kind of makes sense. Oh, I love it. Right, let's start with question of the match, the contest where each person gets a statistical question from the most significant fixtures or field events of the weekend. Uh, Boyce will get an extra question in this category, while Jared will get an extra one in rumor mill to follow. Two points for a correct guess, and here are the categories. Unai is a goner. City get shelvied. Everton cursed. So, Boyce, we're going to start with you on this one. I wonder which one you're going to pick. I mean, I'm a glutton for punishment. I had like three weeks off and I didn't have to talk about any of this on the podcast. So let's just dive right back in and talk about some Arsenal. Love it. Unai Emery has finally shown or was finally shown the Emirates door on Friday owing to a large number of poor performances from his Arsenal side. Uh, So here's your quiz question for this one. Of his last 51 Premier League games, how many games did Unai Emery not win? So draw or lost. Uh, Was it 26 or 32? It feels like all 51, but let's go with 32. No, it was only 26, would you believe it? So I kind of tricked you, <laughs> kind of tricked you on that one. Was it time for Emery to go? <laughs> I mean, wow. do, I, do I get points for answering this? No, I, I mean, come on. The, the time for him to leave was when we squandered what was a pretty easy run-in at the end of the 18-19 campaign to get top four and then turned around and got absolutely drilled by Chelsea in the Europa League final. I mean, you had two 
guild-edged opportunities to be able to get Arsenal into the Champions League, and he abjectly failed at each and every last one. And, you know, I mean, it kind of all stems back to the opportunity that he had against Crystal Palace at the Emirates last year, where he a little bit overplayed his hand and tried to put together a lineup that he could rest people in instead of playing a more lackluster lineup away to Leicester or away to Wolverhampton in matches that they were likely going to lose one way or another anyway. He decided to play a a fairly weak lineup at home to Palace and basically overestimated Arsenal's skill and underestimated Palace's talent. And in the end, you know, Shkodan Mustafi just gave it away. And, you know, the same thing happened in the Brighton match where you had Grant and Shaka giving away a penalty. But I think what you saw, and, you know, we're not talking about Freddie Youngberg right now, but what you're saying and what you're seeing is that if you put bad players in positions to impact matches, they're going to impact matches. <laughs> and Skodron Mustafi's not a good defender. I think we saw that over the weekend again. You know, Granite Jaka loses his head. And the, the person that's responsible for putting those starting 11s together is the manager. And for Unai Emery, I mean, come on. Like, you look at the past statistics... For Arsenal, there's a giant U, and they're not going through the center of midfield. You've got a situation where we're getting outshot and allowing 31 shots on the road to a Watford team that can't beat Southampton. Uh, you know, handball aside, you know it, it's just untenable. You, you can't look at it. You know, at least I think I commented on it during the match this weekend. But at least this weekend, we squandered two points by playing the old way, where we dominate a match for 20 minutes and then concede a goal that was completely against the run of play, lose our heads for a while, mad dash for a penalty. In the end, you know, we finally outshoot an opponent and have like 65% possession, and it was just like, oh, yeah, uh, this is a disciple of Arsene Wenger. It's like old times. It's like putting on a nice old down zip coat that you struggle to re-zip for a little while, but we're right back in it and comfortable all over again. I mean, it was... It was dire. It, it was terrible. And I really think if you're an Arsenal fan or an Arsenal supporter, you've got to look at the beginning part of the season and put a little bit of blame or a lot of blame onto the Cronkies and Raul Sanyehi for allowing this to go on just a little bit too long. Right. Mm-hmm. Jared, I'll ask you this first, but I'm curious about Boyce's uh, response to this too. Uh, who's the next manager for Arsenal? Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> Freddie Lundberg? I don't know. <laughs> uh, no. I don't know if he um, punched his ticket early in that in that game uh, they had on the weekend, but uh, anyway, go ahead. You know, we were talking about this earlier um, in our, you know, the Spurs admin, you know, chat. And the idea is, you know, uh, you know, boys kind of alluded to this, you know, with respect to the, you know, the Cronkies and all of that. And you, you got to think are they going to just go with like straight name recognition? Right. Right. Um, I don't really buy the conspiracy theory that, you know, that Jose Mourinho kind of was offered the job and they, you know, offered him 12 million pounds, just like a has a signing bonus ahead of time to keep him from going to Spurs. I, you know, it was one of our supporters, Casey Spurs. I kind of hit the nail on the head is I think they want like brand recognition, right? So it's going to be, I, I've seen Reina. I've seen um, someone joke to say Jurgen Klinsmann, which I think would actually be hilarious um, <laughs> and a little bit sad because you know he is you know uh, uh, he is Tottenham. 
I don't know. Boyce might have a little more insight on this than me. Um, you well, know, the, na- the uh, names I saw floating Ma- around Max were, Allegri. Um, yep, Allegri, uh, Pochettino out there. <laughs> uh, Poch, you know, I, you know, and again, I need to confirm this, but you know, the notion of like a non-compete with respect to you know his contract right. and you know paying that release clause, and you know, there's a geographic restriction with respect to you know those. Uh, teams he could manage in their premiership for a certain amount of time i think uh, yeah i think of- there's there's been clauses like that in the past i'm not sure if I, I i'm kind of lost too whether if he had one for spurs but i did read recently that if he did want to go back to a premier league club he'd have to pay the 12.5 million that he was given as compensation for getting fired so whether that's something to kind of you know savor or not but um uh boy- so yeah so good you know i want that i want that to be correct but um yeah. yeah, I I have no idea, Boyce. <laughs> All right, Boyce, what do you think? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think initially, at least for the rest of the season, they'd probably enjoy it a little bit more if Freddie Youngberg had had some more success in his first match. I I I think it's Arteta. I could see somebody mm-hmm. like Carlo Ancelotti potentially getting it as well. Uh, a little bit of name recognition, but somebody that fits into a little, a slightly lesser mold. I, I don't think that the rumors of Mourinho were ever substantive in any form or fashion. And to be honest, it's just not, that's a devil's bargain that I wouldn't even be willing to make for success. I, <laughs> it's just a, you know, hats off to you guys for taking the risk, but you know, it, it's always a brilliant, lovely stroll down memory lane and, the first couple of matches and then everything descends into madness. So we'll see how that goes. But you know, I, I think Ancelotti, I think Mikel Arteta has got a good shot. I had seen that Max Allegri had stated that he wasn't interested in it. Uh, you know, Pochettino would be exceedingly clever and it'd be wonderful. And you know, you kind of look at <laughs> Manchester United and Arsenal comparatively. I'm not really sure which one's the worst cesspool right now. Uh, you know, I, I think if you're entering into an Arsenal management situation, at least you don't have somebody like Ed Woodward to contend with, (laughs) who is sort of fighting against the greater good. And I'm sure that Pochettino, after dealing with Daniel Levy for a period of five or six years, is kind of done with that. So maybe he looks at Arsenal as a situation that would be positive. But I, I really, you know, as an Arsenal fan, I think I just vastly prefer that we kind of just give it up for the rest of the season in terms of giving it to Youngberg, letting him see out the rest of the season, and then going after somebody like Nagelsmann. Oh, okay, yeah. Next next year, I mean, look at it the way that it is. I, I know that what Arsenal are like seven back at Chelsea, Spurs are like six back, Leicester, and strangely enough not city but leicester and liverpool are so far ahead of everybody right now and it looks like both of them have somehow inherited the luck gene where they win in the 95th minute even though they really didn't probably deserve to it's going to be interesting and you know whether or not anything's accomplished or not i just everything kind of feels lost as the season right now and we're only in december <laughs> rest on the edge of a knife my friend when you're saying woodward no he doesn't care about the greater good when he got stan Kroenke over there like that's <laughs> that's amazing you're no, a but, legendary boy this is great stan Kroenke's not going to actively interfere with a management situation i mean that's the point is that ed woodward is a terrible gm who goes out and splashes cash on an array of players like Harry Maguire who are insanely overvalued and then nothing ever comes of it and gets in the way of a manager who I think could potentially have achieved what he wanted if given a few other pieces. You know, you you don't have that at Arsenal at least. Stan Kroenke's not doing anything. 
Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Jared, we're over to you. We have two topics left. We have City Gets Shelvied and Everton Cursed. So which one would you like? Uh, let's talk about... Let's talk about uh, City. Newcastle managed to salvage a point against title chasers City thanks to a stunning goal from John Joe Shelby. The final score is 2-2. Two to two. All right, Jared, here's your quiz question from this one. When was the last time Newcastle took a point from City in an EPL game? Was it April 2016 or October 2008? <sighs> <clears throat> James I want, old tricks again. I want this to be more recent because Newcastle have been the harbingers of doom for Spurs um, that is true. in recent memory. Um, but I think that's probably us underperforming rather than Newcastle being good. So I'm going to say 2008. It's 2016. God it was one of those. I got to stop explaining myself because then <laughs> it's like, here's step-by-step step how wrong I am. <laughs> but it's great. I love it. Uh, what's interesting, though, is before 2016, it was actually October 2008. So there was that eight-year gap where they had that stat, and then obviously it came back in April. So, uh, But I like it there, bud. Um, I think Dick. Boyce... <laughs> thanks. I think Boyce kind of alluded to this, but do you think the title is starting to slip out of City's hands here a little bit? I, oh, boy, you got to think so, right? I mean, the points are just absurd right now um you know just in looking in you know trying to capture top four you know we're starting to see the kind of the just the strata kind of sort itself out and i mean that's a big three points that city missed out on yeah um and you know suddenly you you bring chelsea within striking distance you know spurs i don't i'm going to really frankly wait till the new year to really start that conversation on whether or not we would even think to challenge for top four. Uh, but you just, you don't see Liverpool, you know, giving up these kind of results, right? I mean, they had just scored on a Kevin De Bruyne, just rocket. I mean, which is a response from a team that you want, right? You know, you're, it's a match you're supposed to win. And we say it all the time. Good teams win the matches they're supposed to win. Uh, and Boyce and I can agree that Arsenal and Spurs are not good teams right now. <laughs> they are not winning the matches that they're supposed to win. But That is accurate. Uh, Liverpool, Liverpool are. And Leicester are. Uh, and, you know, that you get a cracker from De Bruyne. And then you come up and then you give up a training ground goal on a Fabinho foul that was... By all accounts, just stupid. Fernandinho. Fernandinho, Jared. But Fernand- what did I say? Fabinho. Whatever. <laughs> Fernandinho. <laughs> no uh, getting edited. Be, being, <laughs> be, frankly, uh, yeah, just talk about Leroy Sani and Sadio Mane, right? Yeah. Uh, the, you know, being caught out of position uh, and then jumping back and fouling. And then, you know, you, you give up a free kick that would be typically in a dangerous position, but what do they do? They drop it back to John Joe Shelby, which maybe you can blame them for not marking him. I don't really know, but it was a fabulous strike Mm -hmm. and it it all worked out. And, you know, they've got, they've certainly got issues. uh, um, And I think it's kind of a race for race for second and third right now that that last Champions League spot is going to be real interesting. But I got to tell you, unless, you know, we said this before, Unless there's a run of dodgy lasagna in the Liverpool cafeteria, I don't really see it. 
They're just that good. I, I and feel consistent. Like I feel like you're kind of suggesting that someone out there does it, <laughs> like they did for Spurs. But anyway, uh, yeah, 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 they do, James. <laughs> uh, boys, uh, with Newcastle sitting 14th, does this game show any significant improvements for them, or was it just a lucky break? Are we going to see more of the same from Newcastle? What do we think on that? I mean, they've already taken down Spurs this year. I mean, and to Jared's point. Uh, and it, again, same with Arsenal. Spurs are haven't been that great this year, but I, you know they put up good displays. They just can't really get any consistency. And in this match, I mean, they were in it the entire time. And really, you know, it was one-one, and then De Bruyne was just a wonder strike that, you know, admittedly, in the end, City kind of got what they deserved. But you see a goal like that from De Bruyne post 80th minute, and you just think, wow that legitimately deserves to be a match winner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in watching the match, that's exactly what I thought. I mean, typically, for the last three or four years, if Manchester City score a goal like that in the 80th minute after playing sort of so-so for the rest of the match, they end up somehow winning 4-1. And, you know, to Newcastle's credit, they didn't allow that to happen. They didn't allow their heads to get down. And then, you know, Fernandinho's going to Fernandinho. It was absolutely ridiculous. He ran that dude over... And tried to do it without his arms and suck his chest out and just flattened him. <laughs> and then start, started looking around like, what, me? Because that's the only look I think he has. He has like a slightly angry look and then he has a, what? I can't, what? No, I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> look, and, you know, for that, on that basis alone, I wasn't exactly sad to see Shelby score what in the face of De Bruyne's goal was, was pretty, but nowhere near the same level. And then... You know, you watch City walk off the pitch, and it's, I think it's just done. Yeah. It's done. We're 14 matches in. I mean, to Jared's earlier point, I was going back over things earlier. Liverpool have dropped two points all season. All That's, season. Yeah. Who they tie with again? Was it Wolves? No, I can't remember who it was. Uh, I honestly, was it Sheffield United? Was that the match where the dude let it through his legs, or did they end up actually winning that? There that are was... so many matches where Liverpool end up scoring <laughs> like a... Last second penalty, irrespective of whether or not it's a tie. It was a uh, 1-1 at Old Trafford, actually. Oh, there you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, as far as Newcastle are concerned, I, you know, you look at the bottom of the table right now, and those three teams can't play Arsenal every weekend. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're, they're just not going to be able to generate the points total, and I think Liverpool was clearly superior to all three of those teams. Right, let's go to our last topic, uh, which is Everton cursed. And boys, this one is for you. Everton concede a last-minute goal to mighty Leicester, who secure their sixth straight Premier League victory. The final score there is two to one. Thanks, Var. Uh, so here's your quiz question: How many 90th-minute goals have Everton now conceded this season? Is I it... feel sorry for Roger Bennett right now. I don't even know where he is. This is. <laughs> I feel horrible for him immediately. Oh, poor guy, I know. Uh, is it uh, is it three or four? I hate these questions. I four. <clears throat> it is four. Oh, there the number go. is seven. <laughs> it was twenty nine. No, it is four. Uh, which is more than any other EPL club currently this season. Crazy times. Um, I mean, managers. Being sacked this season seems to be at fever pitch. Uh, but let's talk about Marco Silva. Is it time for him to go now? I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I, it, this is the same way that Everton have been throughout the course of charted history. And I'm honestly starting to wonder whether or not... it just Does it matter? 
Yeah. Does it matter who you stick in there? You know, if you put Pep at Everton, are they still drawing Liverpool and then losing to some team in the 90th minute on an absolutely ridiculous goal? I, I mean, it just, at this point, you just wonder whether or not it's just over for Everton as a team. And they're just going to somehow eke their way out of the relegation zone. It is crazy to me with the amount of money that they spent in the offseason that, you know, you look at the players that they bought and the amount of money that they spend and you kind of look at it and you think, you know what, that's not like they're not out there like Ed Woodward just abjectly spending money on anything with a pulse that looks flashy in a window. They're out there and it looks like, you know, they they make purchases like Moise Keane and I mean, Awobi inside. Uh, you know, some of these players and you think, well, you know, maybe like maybe that player could be good and you're not overspending and they got Jordan Pickford and they went out and spent money on some players that they needed. And you start to think maybe, and then they're two points off the drop right now. Yeah. And I just, it's almost inexplicable. And I swear on this very podcast at some point during the 1819 campaign, we were debating this exact question and we were trying to figure out what Everton's best lineup is and I still don't think anybody knows because I just don't I just don't think it matters mm-hmm. I think that they've been cursed and that it's just it's just done fortunately for Everton fortunately for Marco Silva I I don't think even at their absolute worst which is what they're trying to be right now that Everton are worse than Southampton Norwich or Watford oh I mean I guess we'll see how the season plays out but uh now I by the way just to twist the knife a little bit, yeah. Arsenal have played all three of those teams and contributed a point to each of them. <laughs> wow, that is that's a fun stat. I like that. Good times, uh, Jared. What's that on Spurs? Not no, great. Just kidding. <laughs> um, Jared, let me ask you this uh, on Leicester with six different kinds of wins now, like you were alluding to earlier. They're finding ways to win. Um, I think I asked a similar question last time around about Leicester, but more specifically, how does this Leicester team differ from Liverpool? And does it give them an advantage going into the run in here that they could actually challenge like properly this season? <sighs> you know, uh, I think that they are they're getting a lot of goals out of Jamie Vardy, uh, which is something That's if you're a Leicester, yeah. Yeah, which is something if you're a Leicester supporter, uh, you know, you're thinking, oh, my goodness, for goodness gracious, finally, Um I mean, Jamie Vardy has, you know, five more uh, uh, goals than your closest Liverpool score, which is actually Sadio Mane uh, with eight. Um, so I think, you know, in, you know, there, you know, you have Salah, you know, he's been out, you know, you know, you know kind of in and out. Um, I think the difference is, is that they are relying a lot on Jamie Vardy. Uh, so it's really going to depend on whether or not he can kind of keep this clip, um, which is really more indicative of, the you know uh, uh, the title holder uh, Leicester City squad uh, that squad that was remarkably frustrating and just winning by one and two goals here and there they just found a way to win and you had Jimmy Vardy scoring world beaters mm-hmm. uh, so uh, you know in in that perspective you know they're different from Liverpool because they it it feels like they're just drawing from that same well um, which can be dangerous uh, uh, you know uh, you know there was a time where we did not have. Sun Hung Min, 
um, there was a time <laughs> where we did not have Deli Alley, and you know we were you know relying solely on goals you know from from Hurricane, and that's a you know it's a kind of a feast or famine. I mean, right now they're feasting, right? Um, but you know they're decently organized in the back. They're scrappy. They're finding ways to win games. Uh, you know VAR notwithstanding, um, uh, you know they're you know they're a fun team to watch. And for, and and as a neutral, you kind of enjoy some of these matches, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, trying to stop, you know, it's kind of, it's, you know, they got a decent midfield, you know, kind of coming in behind Vardy, especially with Tillemans, you know, he was a target for Spurs a couple of years ago. Um, and it kind of breaks my heart, uh, cause he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think this, I think those Susser City squad, if they can just, if they can keep this performance, they're certainly going to have Champions League football mm-hmm. next year. Uh, but, uh, you know, if they can stay healthy and all of that, um, but again, uh, I think they're going to have to, you know, diversify their score sheet a bit um, if they, you know, if they're going to be in all these competitions. Mm-hmm. I'm actually curious to see how they end up doing against a, you know, a, a top six team. I know they played Spurs already, and I don't know if that counts. Um, but you know, when they go up against Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea, how are they actually going to fare? Are they going to get comfortable wins? Are they going to scrape through? Are they not going to win? Um, I guess time, time will tell. <laughs> Right, let's go ahead and move on to our second section of the quiz, which is, of course, another round of Rumour Mill. Rules are the same. I'm going to provide a line or quote from a newspaper or online resource. All you guys have to do is tell me if the words I read were actually printed or something that is purely fictional, so something make-believe. Uh, two points for correct guess, and Jared is up first with this one. Leicester will demand a £14 million compensation fee if any Premier League club tries to lure Brendan Rodgers away. Uh, so they want people to pay them if they lure Blender. Um, so it's basically saying that uh, if any, yeah, sort of like release clause, right? Yeah, like you got to pay so us. If any and all club, that. aka Arsenal, uh, wants Brendan Rodgers, then uh, they'd have to pay that amount of money. Uh, what was what was Pochettino's? Was it twelve? Uh, I think it's twelve point five. Yeah, yeah. I sure. It is yes. true. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> This is getting, the numbers are getting absurd. Aren't they though? I mean, that's crazy. I think they're really just throwing that number out there to say, hey, suitors, back off. We like Rodgers. I think he likes to be here too. Uh, But I mean, I did read that Arsenal uh, did have him in the frame as as their replacement uh, manager. And clearly Rodgers wants to stick around. So there you go. Good times. Uh, Boyce, this next one is for you. Despite their comeback victory against Watford, Southampton are still on the hunt for their new manager after Hasenhutl has only delivered two wins in their last 10. I mean, it seems like that club's always in a constant state of flux. So why not? It is fiction. I made that up and you fell into the trap. So nice work on that. Yeah, uh, they... <laughs> they uh, apparently no rumors about uh, Hassel Hutton getting getting any kind of sack. He see, I mean, he's they're obviously struggling like every other team down there. But um, I guess we'll see how long that lasts. But anyway, uh, Jared, this last one is for you. Sheffield United will move for former England goalkeeper Ben Foster if Watford are relegated at the end of the season. Uh, I mean, they need it. Um... I mean, he's too good. He's too good to be on that team. <laughs> yes, sure. It is true. Yeah, nice work. And I'll get you an extra two points. And on Watford real quick, because, of course, they 
did sack their manager, uh, Flores, um, over the over the weekend for a second time yeah, too. He's, he's been there before. Um, <laughs> quick thoughts on Watford. Um, are we thinking they're actually going to get the drop this season, sitting rock bottom there? They've only had one win this season. I think this might be the most satisfying thing for Boyce second to a North London Derby win over Spurs is Watford being relegated. I have never heard <laughs> such contempt and it might just be because of the fighting Troy Deenies, but uh, I, I think they will satisfy Boyce and finally go down this year and will be without the Hornets for 20 and 21. I mean, I, didn't Spurs? Did, didn't we draw Watford before I start talking trash? Uh, we uh, did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. So did we. We also <laughs> drew Watford. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think we'll all gotta be happy to be like, you know what? Just go. <laughs> you know what I want though? You know what would make me infinitely happier and something that I'm actually a little surprised did not show up in Rumor Mill this week is I read a rumor that they were pondering appointing Troy Deeney as player manager. Oh, wow. I didn't hear that. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> my God. Let's just write that in the stars. Can't. <laughs> can't that would. That's my dream. Oh, that man. That is managed and by player manager Troy Deeney, and uh, they get relegated. Yeah, we'll see yeah. it. Yeah, we'll see him in League One in, well, two years' time, probably. All right, guys, let's move on to our last section of this quiz, which is a round of manager profile. Why not, right? Manager profile. Uh, so I'm going to provide five different clues to a current Premier League manager, each clue easier than the last. The first person to shout their name and correctly guess said manager wins those points, but you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. All right, guys, you ready to do this? Let's do it. Rock and roll. All right, here we go. Manager number one is 72 years old. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Roy Hodgson. Wow, that is impressive, sir. Yes, and absolutely correct. Uh, that'll get you Good those two points. <laughs> that was basically who is the oldest manager, or who looks to be the <laughs> oldest manager in the Premier League, and it is Roy Hodgson. Um, but yes, he, other clues on this one, manages a London club, he is an Englishman, spent four years managing the English national team. Good times, maybe not. Uh, and first name is Roy. So nice work on that, Boyce. All right, manager number two is 41 years old. Is an Englishman. Spent a season playing in the MLS. Jared. Yes, Jared. Frankie Football. <laughs> Frankie, uh, Frankie Football, Frank Lampard. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you those two points. That should be his name. Uh, the other clues on this one. Spent a majority of his playing career at Chelsea. And now coaches Chelsea. Good old Frank Lampard still seems to be doing pretty solid with them, much to our collective yeah, surprise. I very much lost that. My other prediction, <laughs> though, that Everton would finish in the bottom half of the table is still very much alive. That's strong. I like that. That's a good one, yeah. Uh, manager number three is 66 years old. He is a qualified civil engineer. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, guys. You should have got off that one. Uh, is from Chile. <laughs> Once managed Manchester City. Oh, boys. Jared. Boys. Yes, boys. Uh, Pellegrino. <laughs> <It's> Pellegrini. <laughs> Manuel Pellegrini. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And it'll get you 
those a two. licensed civil engineer he is would you believe it i was looking That's up really stats. impressive <laughs> and he's a football coach yeah uh last clue on this one currently manages west ham it is manuel pellegrini is is he another manager on the shopping block i mean west ham seem to be kind of in flux as well or maybe i'm just thinking that uh do we think he's gonna stick around at west ham for a little bit longer I mean, in two matches, they play Arsenal. So, three points in the bag. He'll be fine. <laughs> good, good call on that one. Uh, manager number four is six foot three inches tall. Jared. Yes, Jared. Jurgen Klopp. It is not Jurgen Klopp. No. Oh. Guess, though. And that does freeze you out. So, boys, these clues are for you. Uh, once managed RB Leipzig. I think I said that right. Spent some of his playing career in the Bundesliga. Is from Austria. Currently manages Southampton. Hasenhudel. It is. Yes, Ralph Hasenhudel. That is correct. That'll get you those two points. He doesn't look six foot three on TV. He looks kind of shorter than that. But um, hey, we'll take it. Fun stat there. Um, all right. This last manager of the game is 58 years old. Spent nine years of his playing career at Manchester United. Once managed Hull City. More recently managed Aston... Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Steve Bruce. Yeah, there it is. Steve Bruce, nice work. And that'll get you those two points. The last clue on that one was the current manager of Newcastle. I had no idea, maybe I should uh, should have known this, that he played for United for so long. Um... But hey, there you go. Learn fun things every day. But uh, Steve Bruce, yes, that is the answer on that. And that does wrap up the quiz. And here are the final scores. Jared Bud, you came away with six points. But congratulations and welcome back, boys, for another win with ten points. How are you feeling? You know, at least between me and Arsenal, one of us is successful. <laughs> <laughs> Clawing back those victories. Um, tell us who do Arsenal have in the immediate future. I can't even remember who it is. I believe that we have uh, Brighton and Hove this Thursday, oh. followed by West Ham the following Monday, and then uh, the one and only Manchester, we've got them right where we want them, City, uh, next <laughs> <laughs> next Sunday. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Youngberg, if you learned anything over the weekend, I bet it's that Godron Mustafi will not be starting <laughs> Oh, what a surprise, though, that lineup, I must say, when he put that out. I think collective Arsenal hearts dropped with the thought uh, that... I mean, I, I'll say this. I mean, on the whole, I, I think holding is hurt. Uh, Socrates hasn't been that great. Uh, you know, you look at the Europa League performances and you think, maybe he's turned a slight corner, but then on both those goals where, uh, you know, pundits... And podcasters that are far smarter than me had it once stated that uh, Shkodron Mustafi literally does whatever he can to get himself out of harm's way. And I'd been pretty cognizant of it post that comment because it was very, very apt. But on the second goal, uh, when that ball comes over the top and instead of going to the man and marking the man, he goes towards touchline and marks a passing lane that's never going to be used and just stands there only to turn around when the ball goes <laughs> in the back of the net and be like, what? I can't believe that happened. It's like, 
That is what he does. He yep. legitimately just like finds the path of least resistance, goes to it, and sits there for a little while, and like puts up a deck chair, and then stares at David Louise when the ball goes in the back of the net, and then walks uh, away with his paycheck in hand, thinking none the wiser. Oh, God and me. he goes, hangs out over at Mesut Ozil's house, and throws darts at a photo of Unai Emery. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man. Jared Butter, commiserations again, uh, despite a victory last contest. Didn't quite uh, get two in a row. But, um, again, Spurs' fortunes uh, looking a little better, but uh, are we still in the Mourinho honeymoon period? Uh, of course we are. <laughs> well, maybe I should rephrase it. How long? We're all smiling and happy. Last? It's great. Uh, you know, we're... We travel to uh, United midweek, um, and that's, that's going to be really interesting. That, isn't it? That's got to be one where Mourinho is just licking his chops. I mean, and if I'm all for going in and delivering one for the gaffer uh, um, in a place where he is not going to be welcomed uh, with open arms. Uh, So that's going to be one to tune in for. Um, That's good for it. And then you have Burnley, and then we have this competition called the Champions League after that. Um, You know, already securing progression to the knockout stage is absolutely huge. Uh, So I'm really interested to see what kind of squad we, you know, uh, bring out to Bayern uh, uh, their next Wednesday. Mm -hmm. But um, after that, I mean, it's not exactly an easy run with, Chelsea's uh, you know, coming up, I think, at one point. Burnley, Wolves, Chelsea, Brighton, Norwich. Yeah. And, I mean, these, I will say, you know, two weeks ago, I was like, ah, I mean, give me half the points, just something. <laughs> um, but, again, good teams win the matches they are supposed to win. So uh, that Chelsea match, uh, you know, is going to be tough. But this, you know, these are these are game setter we are very capable of losing mm-hmm. uh so we'll see i mean yeah you got a decent draw with middlesbrough in the fa cup uh oh, yeah. so uh you know coming here after the first of the year so really everything is trending up yes we're talking about when is the shoe gonna you know drop and mm-hmm. i'm i'm just really hoping that the deli alley Josie Mourinho feud that will happen just waits until the summer <laughs> and, and, and this honeymoon period goes on. But, you know, I, and so far as Mourinho has told us that he has changed and that he treats everyone differently, every, every job differently until he tells, displays the contrary, then I'm going to trust him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with, you know, uh, with trepidation, yes, but, uh, we're winning matches, and that's the name of the game, man. Mm-hmm. Mourinho in, question mark? Well, guess we'll see how the season unfolds. But that does conclude today's episode, folks. Thanks again to my guests, Jero Bustamante and Boyce Richardson. If you haven't already, we'd love you to subscribe to our weekly episodes and give us a quick five-star review to show your appreciation. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, and until next time.